A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to What? That Old Queen, a candid and adult take on queer life quandaries at a certain age. So please listen at your own discretion. Presented by Bernie and Tommy, their views are their own and in no way reflect those of any service you may hear this program on. Now, let your ears be upstanding for the <coughs> old queens. Hello, Tommy. Hello. Uh, uh, are you going to do the voice or what? Well, I'm trying, but I don't <laughs> know if I can get it. I haven't had time to practice. <laughs> so it's actually quite good. <laughs> I know. Mm, hello, Peter. Hello. Surprise, surprise. Surprise special guest slash presenter of this episode. I know, a double whammy. Peter Baker, because unfortunately Tom Marshman is in Gloucester. I don't know what, to, what else to say about that, really. That's correct. <laughs> he's, at, he's on BBC Radio Gloucester promoting his show Jenny, which is going to be on the 13th of October at the Guild Hall in Gloucester, I believe. That is correct. And I happened to have a sneak peek at the, the play itself uh, when I helped Tommy with his lines on Monday over Zoom. So I feel very honoured to... Um, I've almost had a sort of private bespoke performance and I can I can say wholeheartedly I think it's going to be a very good show. Yeah, I've seen the show and I think it's it's amazing. I obviously haven't seen it in its current form because all of Tom's shows are ever evolving, much like this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, where are you at the moment? So I am currently coming to you from a small flat in rural Mallorca, uh, about 40 minutes walk to my nearest shop in a town called Pujpunya and uh, sort of up in the mountains above Palma, sort of on a, on a nice little retreat. Pujpunya, it sounds like it's Eastern European. Pujpunya. Pujpunya. And, and Puj was actually a very wealthy family in Barcelona, Catalonia, and I think, in fact, they own a lot of a lot of the perfume brands that we know and produce the perfume. So I don't know if there's a link between that Catalan Pudge family and Pudge Punier here, but maybe I should have researched that before this podcast. Yeah, okay, never mind. You can tell us when you come back again. 
Oh, great. <laughs> Keep that uh, in the show. Yeah. So what's it, why, why are you in Mallorca? What's it like? You're wearing a very lovely shirt, by the way. What oh, is on that shirt? So I, I, I like to wear it because it's quite a good talking point as, as it brings people closer into me as they try to decipher <laughs> exactly what the tableau is. And I, it's sort of a retro vintage shirt. I'm trying to paint it with my eyes in colours of... Uh, beige, purple, grey and yellow and I believe it's, I think it's people in the hotel reception other people think it's a group of architects looking at some plans So you are the hotel? I think so, well I like to welcome people in (laughs) So I've heard (laughs) So what are you doing in Mallorca? Well um, I basically am having a bit of a I, I classed it as a, a writing retreat, although um, so far I haven't really managed to write anything. But it's also a break, having just finished being in a long-running contract in Only Fools and Horses, the musical. So I finished that on Saturday, and wow. I felt that rather than twiddle my thumbs, I'd like to get away and decompress. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast, even though you're decompressing as we speak. My pleasure, well. Um, now I'm compressing, I think, actually, <laughs> just by talking to you, but recompressing is that thing. <laughs> but, what, okay, we'll talk a little bit more about Only Fools a bit later on, but what have you been watching any telly since you've been off? I hadn't been watching any telly, and then I remembered that being in Spain was the perfect opportunity to catch up with a TV series I managed to see the first episode of the last time I was in Spain, and have been unable to catch up with since. Okay. And what was that? And it is called Veneno. 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 Okay. Um, so, and what's yeah. it about? It's a TV series which is based on the life story of Spain's most famous transgender uh, celebrity and icon, Cristina Ortiz Rodriguez who is better known as her nickname, La Veneno. And I just wanted to ask, did you watch Drag Race España or Drag Race Canada Season 2? I I watched Drag Race Canada Season 2. I haven't watched the second season of Drag Race España. Okay, so, well, did you watch the first season? I, I watched a, a lot of it. I actually really liked it. What I loved about it was I just found them all so stylish and chic. I, th- I really yeah. loved their drag aesthetic. Well, I really, yeah, I love Drag Race Espana. I think it, it also felt like it had its own unique identity within the franchise, uh, particularly which I think comes from the presenter. But if you've seen both Drag Race Canada season two and Drag Race Espana, you have been subconsciously introduced to La Beneno. Okay. Because Isis Couture performed La Beneno in Snatch Game in Canada, Drag Race Season 2, and then the second episode of Drag Race España Season 1, the runway was uh, inspired by La Veneno. So all of them were basically giving their version of who La Veneno is. And I watched the first episode of this series, which is also directed to uh, Drag Race Budges in Drag Race España. And... You, you were, your picture was frozen for so long. I was just waiting for it to happen. <laughs> oh no! 
So we just lost you for a moment. There's going to be a bit of a delay because you're you're on your neighbour's um, broadband, right? I am. <laughs> Before coming out here, the one thing I really checked, asked repeatedly was, was there Wi-Fi? To which person said, yes, yes, yes. However, as I learned yesterday when trying to upload an audition for something and the upload took four hours, the Wi-Fi is not. <laughs> one of the selling points of this otherwise beautiful location well, it's rural and remote is kind of what you want, really, uh, instead of yeah. uh, me asking you to do a podcast while you're on holiday. <laughs> so let's let's go on with... We were at Drag Race and uh, España, and they'd covered... Uh, they'd done it in the lip sync, is that right? Or... Yeah, they'd done it in the lip sync. There was a whole work, you know, like the Night of a Thousand Madonnas, there was a Night of La Veneno... So, you know, to to Spain, to Spain, Spanish people, she's a cultural institution and has obviously has reached as far as Canada as well, but she's not very well known in the UK. And this is the beginning of me championing for the series to be released in the UK so people can learn a bit about it. So La Veneno, Cristina Ortiz-Riga, had first been on TV um, prior to trans- transitioning on a the equivalent of Spanish blind date. And the prize had been a trip to Bangkok where they saw a lady show and realised they were transgender. And moving back to Spain in 1992, she began to transition and lost her job as a hospital chef and therefore became a sex worker in the Parque del Oeste in Madrid. Did you say sex worker? A sex worker, yeah. Yeah, sorry, you broke up then. Yeah, so Parque Parque del Oeste is, I suppose, in the 90s, kind of like King's Cross may may have been in the 80s. It was sort of known to be an area where you're going to go if you want, you know, you have a, I suppose, if you want to find uh, someone, a sex worker, and so forth. And at the same time, you've got this period in Spanish journalism and Spanish television where they were really, everyone was fighting to distinguish themselves from each other. And, you know, it's not that long out of being under the Franco regime where everything was so controlled that after you just had this massive explosion. I mean, what Franco ended in 75, still, you know, there was the, the Madrid movement which is all about, you know, expression, merging punk, art, gender identity. And there was this reporter who was for a TV show called, excuse my Spanish, Esta Noche Cruzamos el Mississippi. He decided to go to Parque del Oeste to try and get interviews with some of these sex workers. And La Venema was one of the people that found and you can find this interview on youtube and i recommend looking for it and she's so vibrant so dynamic and so frankly stunning that viewers of the television program campaigned for her to come back on the tv show and that led to her becoming a regular for two years on this tv show and then creating her having a television career amazing a bit like you on this podcast a little bit. <laughs> I mean, before this, before I guested on this podcast, nobody really had any idea. But definitely, well, definitely no, not. Nobody knows who I am anyway. <laughs> uh, amazing. So where where can they find out? So we can't actually get this TV show in the UK, but I mean, presumably we no, can so it, download it, it illegally online if you've got the broadband speed. 
Well, I mean, if you've got the broadband speed, number one, I'm very envious. And number two, <laughs> yes, you can indeed. Um, it was actually streamed on in HBO in America, so I'm not quite sure why it hasn't made over here. I think it's, for me, it's probably been one of the best queer TV series that I've seen. I mean, you're seeing the character of Lebanon portrayed at three stages in their life by three different trans performers. And then the other protagonist is the journalist who had interviewed or who had uh, written her autobiography, who was also a young transgender person growing up. So you've got a real timeline and also gives you a snapshot of uh, life in Spain during that period. Yeah. and there's a, But there's a lot of queer TV at the moment, isn't there? Oh my God, so much. <laughs> I'm currently watching the controversial Dharma. Uh, I don't know if you've seen any of that. Oh, yes. On Netflix. See, I've heard that that's not been getting, that, that that's had a slightly contentious reaction. Mm, I still kind of like it. I think it kind of represents an excuse for his behaviour as being the fact that he was brought up terribly by his parents. And, mm. I mean, it is inexcusable there's i mean he's obviously like not right but also the fact of like growing up gay in a straight society probably unhinged him a little bit as well as it does most of us but some of us don't go around killing people but uh but also it 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 kind of shows the plight of the victims and their families and the people surrounding that and how the the police didn't deal with it very well it does kind of sexualize dharma quite a lot (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> which is a little bit controversial. But, I mean, I've seen pictures of the man. He looks quite hot. So, uh, <laughs> okay, so you don't mind him being sexualized? <laughs> Not with that particular actor, no. <laughs> no. But, you know, that's just my opinion. And um, what do I know? But, yeah, there's a lot of queer TV. Any other queer TV has caught your eye? I haven't. The, the, this past month, I've barely watched anything, if I'm completely honest, I think, because I was in the whirlwind of shows and all that. Uh, I've got a long list of things I want to see. Yeah, like what? Which Dharma is lower on the list. But... <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> it's probably. I've got a thing for, like, serial killers, so, you know, that's why it's high on my list. But um, uh, what else is on your list? Of things to watch? Yeah. Oh, well, I feel I should watch Heartstopper. Yeah, I haven't but done I that mean... yet either. I don't know why I'm a bit old. And is it going to make me feel really depressed as I grew up in section twenty with section twenty eight? Uh, well, I think a lot of people, kind of of the older generation, really like it because they're like, "This is what our childhood should have been like." And then people of a younger yeah. generation are kind of like, "Meh, this is what our childhood is." So, <laughs> so hopefully, yeah. it'll be a joyous thing to watch. Yes, I mean, it is. It's that classic thing, isn't it? When you tell uh, I find it very interesting seeing the different reactions to uh, different pieces based on how old the the audience member is. Mm. I'm actually taken back to a show of Tommy's. See, he's not here, but his spectre lives on. The King's Cross remix when he had, which was dealing with, you know, stories of people in the 80s and uh, obviously, you know, you've got the age spectre um, in Section 28, all of that. And he'd invited people to respond to it. And I, there was one writer who, her, her basic response was, I just feel a bit too young to connect with this. It feels all so historical. Hmm. Which is interesting, isn't it? Because I actually quite like historical things. 
because it feels like I, I then connect with that age more rather than feel disconnected by it. So it's an odd reaction. Mm, and you have lived for a very long time. So you've been... 743 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to take a sidestep to bottoming. Oh, right. Is that, is that okay with you? Is that another new series I should know about? <laughs> now available on Netflix. Bottoming. Yeah. No. <laughs> so a few years ago, I we covered an article about bottoming, and it was 13 New Tips for Happier, Healthier Bottoming by Alexander Cheeves, or Cheve. Cheve? I don't know. Originally, it was 17, so as he's gotten older, he needs less tips. Unfortunately, I seem to need more. But as he's got older, he's kind of, he talks less about douching and more about having a healthier diet, um, using sex toys and topping to improve your bottoming style, which I kind of agree with. I, I don't, I think we're kind of fixated with being tops or bottoms at the moment. Whereas when I came out in the 90s, no one seemed to identify as that. Like everyone was just, uh, yeah, I... they were just gay and you just did what you wanted to do with them in the bedroom. Yeah, I agree. I feel that there's it's it's a question I don't really remember being asked what 20 25 years ago. I don't know if that's linked to the fact that uh people are using apps all the time and therefore people are, are, are basically getting far more direct with the questions instantly, but it also feel people are being forced to make a choice and to choose a position so to speak yeah definitely and also where gender lines blur don't sexual roles blur a little bit as well it's just kind of you know it all seems a bit reductive to have your sexual position as a binary oh yes i would agree (laughs) thanks i knew you would anyway (laughs) uh, there was another section about not believing false myths about loose holes because apparently (laughs) what are these false myths well i think it comes from loose women Uh, 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 whores being loose women but i think it was and then it's been morphed into holes being loose rather than their morals anyway if you read the article you'll you'll realize that these are myths but there were two i don't really want to go on about the bottoming bit because i think i feel like we talk about bottoming a lot on this podcast (laughs) more than doing it (laughs) but probably more than i'm doing it at the moment anyway so (laughs) but there were two sections which were about sex life in general that stuck out for me and that i would kind of agree with and i'm gonna i'm gonna quote them here and particularly for older queens queers sex drive naturally waxes and wanes enjoy the flow at whatever age you're at so the guy here says he has periods where he goes wild and periods where he'll just watch netflix maybe the dharma show (laughs) you would find that arousing (laughs) i'm not saying i find it arousing hang on (laughs) putting words in my mouth But uh, but he says, that's my grown-up sex life. Sex is great, but a good night's sleep is pretty great too. As you age, your sex engine will naturally wax and wane. If you feel yours has waned too long, I strongly, strongly encourage 
you go and get your hormones checked out. Low testosterone is, a, is common for folks as they get older and people living with HIV. There's also regular exercise, weightlifting. Also, you can get some supplements to help produce testosterone in your body and in, improve libido. The pressure to live the sex life you lived in the past causes needless anxiety. Be present with where you are now. The best advice I received from a mentor was simple. Never look back, only look forward. I th- I really liked that mm. in terms of getting older and you know sex drive and libido and things like that. Yes, I think uh, I think there is is a lot of pressure, particularly I think within certain aspects of the community to you know be be out there all the time or to be having a really really high energy sex life. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> it's like this ideal that is portrayed about gay men that they're always at it all the time and i'm sure some people yeah. are but most of us aren't <laughs> yeah <laughs> anyway there was another bit as well which uh, was really quite poignant i thought shame is your enemy shame is a sickness shame keeps many queer men from bottoming and indeed from being openly queer Every time you participate in shame, even in the smallest, quippiest read in a gay bar, you isolate and punish someone from, for being human. Honesty, openness and bravery are an antidote to shame. The most shameless bottoms celebrate their sex lives. When you do this, it's very powerful. They give others permission to explore bottoming and they show the world a facet of sexuality that so often goes misunderstood and clouded by shame. Most grade school jokes about gay men aren't really about gay men. They're about bottoms. More powerful than any leader or institution, shame infects all cultures and kills so many people. If you're going to have a foe, take on the biggest shame. I was like, where has this come from? This is an article about bottoming and this this really profound section about shame. Yeah, I mean, it, when you first told me the article, uh, article about bottoming, I didn't really expect to have this level of <laughs> profoundness. <laughs> no, but it's it's true, and actually, that that what was it? That quippiest read or that insult? I, I mean, I was on a tube on the way home Friday, Friday night, on the way home after after um, after the show and some drinks, and we have to get everyone has to get off at Oval because there's been a fire on the train or there's you know they're saying there's smoke on the phone on the train so we're getting off we're walking along everyone's really walking really slowly so i think oh, i'm just gonna get my phone film a little bit and then carry on walking at the same speed and i start hearing this person sort of mouthing off obviously trying to get my attention about someone filming you know in oh, that we could all die and someone's got their phone out and you know i sort of counted him and said look we're not walking walking at any funny speed or whatever and he he was um definitely he was out either on a date or with a partner uh two gay guys and because i'd engaged with him he just started insulting me and his insults were oh go suck a dick and i'm thinking well one happily uh, (laughs) but it's also two i just thought it was really sad that you know fine if you want to hurl insults at me that's fine but don't hurl homophobic insults if you're a gay person yourself or you know he was casting that in a negative way yeah it's like we sometimes are not very nice to each other in our community we kind of have to fight against everybody else but then we have to fight amongst ourselves 
And yeah. I think it is getting better, but the, yeah, the, I think there's still certain elements which still feel they need to lash out at people in their own community for some reason. And that oh, that's really sad. I'm sorry you had to go through that. Oh, it was fine. I, I, I felt better because I could clearly see he was getting wound up. I thought you might just stand up and retort in a very clever manner, a bit like, as you usually do, a bit like Oscar Wilde. Well, I, I mean, I was channeling Oscar <laughs> that day. <laughs> well, that, my brain was... that's quite a somber note to finish the first half on. <laughs> <laughs> we have no, some... I think also look, look, the end of that article is very po- it, it you is, know that yeah. point is very positive isn't it and very yeah so less of the shame more of the celebration please um, yes uh, we've got ads now ironically some of them I've produced in my other role as an audio <laughs> producer <laughs> oh <my goodness>. <laughs> <laughs> which which is nice so it feels like you're getting the whole package um <laughs> bernie package. the whole bernie package um so you, you get not only getting my podcast but also my ads so we're on Acast, and if you want to listen without the ads that i've produced or anybody else has you can sign up to Acast plus for a couple of quid a month to listen ad-free. And if you uh, sign up to the higher package, you get some extra bits as well. So there you go. But we'll have a break now, and then we'll, we'll talk some more after the break. Is that all right with you? Yes. Oh, I don't <laughs> feel my brain is on full form today. I feel a bit slow. It's the broadband. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. Okay, we'll have a quick break and we'll be back after this. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
so we're back. Um, those adverts were lovely. Yeah. What's the gay scene like in Majorca? Well, obviously non-existent where well, you are. <laughs> non-existent. I think, um, I mean, like, out of curiosity, I turned Grindr on. I think the nearest, there were a couple of people about two kilometres away and then you're getting six, seven right. kilometres. I don't know. I think I might explore Palma and see what it's like oh, down there. Palma's lovely. I was there at a film festival. Yeah, been. yeah but quite, I mean, quite a few years ago now. It's probably not the same as it was. But um, yeah, it, there's lots of nice places to go. And the beach, obviously. Yeah. I think today, the last two days have been good weather. I think the next few days are going to be, I'm not sure if I'll stay the full period of time that I was going to stay. When are you back? You're back for Sugar Babes. Uh, of course I'm back for Sugar Babes. I mean... Yes, I was going to fly. I was thinking of flying directly to Bristol, but I might go to go back to my parents or something for a bit. Where are your parents? So I might go back to Usedale. They're near. They're Dorking. Dorking, sorry. Dorking. Dorking. Famed for the Dorking cock. <laughs> yeah. And of the Dorking cock. How is the Dorking cock? The Dorking cock is quite unique in that it has one extra talon than other cocks. And by cocks, I'm talking cockerel, of course. Yeah. And, you know, probably maybe a decade or more, maybe maybe two decades ago, the Dorking Town Council, who have made a litany of great decisions over the years, decided to erect a statue of the Dorking cock <laughs> in the roundabout, <laughs> which then led to a Facebook group, which is now defunct, which was called I Rode the Dorking Cock, <laughs> where people would post photos of themselves straddling said cock. Uh, and I don't think they, I think the main reason they pulled the Facebook group was more a question of safety of people, you know, trying to cross this um, incredibly busy roundabout for Dorking is rather popular to get to the Dorking Cock. Um, uh, have you ridden the Dorking Cock? <laughs> or a Dorking Cock? Well, there's more than one cock in Dorking. Obviously, it has been over the years. Is it where the term dorkish comes from? I don't. I don't know. I think that's an American term, isn't it, to be a dork? Oh, yeah, I guess it is, yeah. Or is that uh, where Lawrence Olivier was born? Ah, yeah, I can, I can, I can see that. Mm. I think you're a bit Lawrence Olivier. Thank you. <laughs> I'll take it. Take it. Um, and the dorking cock. I'd rather be Lawrence Olivier than Lawrence Fox. Yeah. I think everyone would, to be honest. So let's talk about you. Only Fools and Horses is over. How long were you doing Only Fools and Horses for? Well, it's over for me, but it is it's carrying on with a different cast and in a slightly different shape. I've been doing it. I've been involved since April 2018, so quite a long time. That was for a workshop, and then the show was up. The show opened February 2019. And then obviously we closed for, there was this little thing, you know, in 2020. So we closed for that and then we came back. So it's, yeah, it's been nearly four years of my life, really. And and what are the what have been the highs and the lows? I think the highs have definitely 
been making a lovely group of friends. We did all we did all get on really really well, and it made the final week quite quite traumatic. Actually, it was quite weird. Our final show, they didn't let people know it was the final show. The audience must have thought, what is wrong with this? All of these plonkers on stage because by the finale, we were all half of us are sobbing, most of us are miming. It was it was lovely. We had a lot of pranks throughout throughout the years, which was great fun. Um, and we did win the the prize at our unofficial awards for being the biggest prankster. So I leave with something. You were the biggest prankster. So what was what was the best prank that you played? I can't tell you the best prank because it could uh, mean I never <laughs> work in theatre again. Uh, <laughs> okay, the second best. <laughs> the second best. Well, a very nice, innocent one is I may or may not occasionally, you know, a part of the show is set in a uh, market. You've got market stores, you've got these fruit sellers. And I've discovered that I'm very good at, it's almost reverse pickpocketing. I'm very good at slipping things in people's pockets when they're unaware. Um, so I think it did get to a point. I, I eventually had to stop because people were living in fear of running across the stage and having an orange fall out or something like that. So, <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people are probably quite happy on coins. Uh, <laughs> others are very sad. Yeah. And what, and what was there any low points? Were there, were there times when you think, I don't know why I'm doing this. Yeah, I think I think poss- I think particularly in the, towards the end of the first year before the pandemic, it was I've never been in a long running show like that. I think you do need stamina, and you do need. I guess you need a good support base or outside life. And I guess because I'd moved to London for the job, I didn't have that same connection. So you'd sort of finish your job and then it would be you're you're back home and then going in. I found it, I couldn't do all the things you might do when you move to a city, like join a book group because the book groups are in the evenings or, you know, go on a date because most people want to go on a date in the evening. So yeah, I think that was a bit of a low point for a while. And so, so what's next? What are you looking forward to doing now? Um, I am looking forward to uh, doing more work with Degrees of Error. So at the Improvised Country company that I'm with, so we have Murder She Didn't Write. And we've just taken on some new improvisers, so we're going to be workshopping with them. And I'm also working on a podcast with two other people i mean i don't i don't know bernie what you think about people doing podcasts but uh i I think people shouldn't do them to be honest but (laughs) no i think it's great you 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 gave me a little preview of the podcast and i think it's really funny and i i really liked it it's kind of a panel show isn't it yeah it's a panel show so it's called taboo or not taboo and it's a panel show where each week our two teams have to answer questions based on different taboo topics. So things that are not normally discussed in a light-hearted panel show environment. So the test one that you heard was cancelled celebrities. Um, so, you know, we have, we, 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 we use the allegedly quite a lot during the record of that. And then other topics can be, we, we'll, we'll start broad and then we'll be getting more and more niche as we go along. Nice. Well, talking of taboo topics, hmm. are you up for doing some Queens of Agony questions with me? I 100% am. Well, uh, also, there's there's another element to this week's Queens of Agony because I feel 
that I have a bit of a psychic link to Tommy, I actually feel like we may be able to psychically record some reactions from him as we're doing this. But we'll we'll see. We'll see if it actually happens. But I'll I'll do the big gong. And we'll we'll do some Queens of Agony and see um see if we can get some reactions from Tommy. So this first one is quite long. So dear old Queen, I'm including you in this because uh, you've got a picture in the attic, but you are quite old these days, <laughs> aren't you? Oh, I didn't hear that. <laughs> They're probably wise. Is that, that you a didn't. good thing I didn't hear that? <laughs> it's probably good that you didn't hear that. <laughs> so dear old Queen's never ending lockdown. So my boyfriend, 39, and myself, 42, have been together for well over a decade. We live together, walk to work together, work together, sleep together, walk the dogs together, watch TV together, go on holidays together. You get the picture. We had a conversation yesterday about how I need some space. He didn't take it very well. Indeed, he wanted to hug me afterwards because he was upset. Later that evening, he went for a run and then messaged me to meet him where he was because, well, he can't be away from me from me for more than five minutes. If I go to the gym or for a run somewhere, he messaged me to ask what time I, he can come and pick me up. We have find a friend on our phones so he can see where I am. I'm worried that I'm going to crack. He is an interesting, smart guy, but has no hobbies of his own, no friends of his own. I can't do anything with anyone without feeling obliged to take him along. And no actual life, it seems to me, that does not include me. I thought lockdown was finished. Any advice, welcome. Wow, that's intense. That is intense. I've got a question. Mm. Is he hung? <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I, I, we need information, people. We need yeah. full information. I mean, what would Tommy say at this point? Let's just see if we can psychically feel... I feel something is coming through. Is there a long letter? No, no, there isn't a long letter, Tommy. I don't... don't. Well, it is quite long, but it's there's, there's no extra to it. I don't know if he's hung. They didn't put that in. But maybe they are because they've been together no. for a long time. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm mainly asking because I did find that my, my first instinct was to say, well, you know, dump him. <laughs> I, but I, I think and that... then I wondered if he was hung because then maybe I'd go out with him because, you know, I, I, uh, my never-ending lockdown was on my own. <laughs> So I'm quite ready to have a bit of that, but no, I can I can see the picture. I can see the picture, and I think this is this is this is all going to be down to communication and being maybe brave enough to have a word with him and say that you you want a bit more space in order to be able to appreciate each other better. Yeah, I mean, but I think this is so entrenched, and probably lockdown has made it even more entrenched that they're doing everything together. But I, I think I would mm. find that completely suffocating. I just don't think I would survive within that environment. No. Possibly couples counselling is the way to go if you actually want to stay with this person. <laughs> 
I think so. If you don't feel you can have that conversation with him honestly and encourage him to find some space. I mean, it'd be interesting to know if you maybe look back, you know, pre-pandemic and look at, you know, what is it that is it that that all really came in from the since the pandemic, or was it there before? And if it wasn't there before, then look at what what was making it easier before. Exactly. But it's kind of a classic codependency thing. He's like obviously latched on. Yeah. And that's it's that's not entirely love, is it? That's kind of obsession with someone. It's like if you yeah. love someone, you let them be who they are and let them do what they want to do. I mm. don't think like constantly being on top of someone that you're in a relationship with kind of works. Uh, and I think mm. if you went out with anyone new and you decide to do that, they would run a mile. Yeah. They also, you, you wonder if the boyfriend has a lack of confidence or yeah. confidence in himself and in the relationship. Yeah. It's like insecurity as well, isn't it? It's like yeah. you're scared of mm. losing something that you have. But mm. it that's always the thing, isn't it? In, by acting that way, you actually drive yeah. people away. <laughs> instead of keeping them which is obviously is what mm. ha- is what's happening with this letter so i would probably mm. get some professional advice and maybe some couples counseling with this and maybe not listen to what some people in a podcast would give you but there is there's obviously something wrong here and i would identify <laughs> that there are alarm bells ringing for me at least exactly i would agree it's about you know, you obviously want to stay together, so it's about finding the ways to make that achievable for you. Yeah, make it move forward. Okay, shall we move on? Why not? Yeah, okay. So, dear old queens, are you nervous about sending nudes? On pretty much all the apps, sending nudes is pretty widespread, but I'm discreet and nervous about sending. I'm worried someone might use or share them with someone else. How do you handle this? Have either of you had your pictures stolen or used by other people? I mean, I'd probably see that as quite flattering if someone used my pictures. <laughs> exactly. I think it's quite, you know, it's quite nice. I think that my slightly flabby torso is worthy of <laughs> resharing. Look, look, some people are... Look, everybody's into everything basically so and anyone can be into anyone so i don't think uh, exactly. it's, a, it's about shaming you can shame yourself as well we were talking about that before the break and and i feel like you shouldn't shame yourself because everybody's body is beautiful but i don't know i i think i think i get to a certain point where i feel safe to send a nude rather than sending them straight away <laughs> <laughs> But also, I wonder about this discreet thing, because loads of people say they're discreet mm. and won't even yeah. show their face. And I wonder, like, who who am I going to show your your picture to? Like, I don't yes. even know who you are. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that I, I have been, I guess I have been a bit. Yeah, I would be more nervous about that. It's the occasional thing I fear. Oh, you know, what what if, you know, some random person I've matched on grinder I, I shared a pick with then just tweets oh look this is trigger his trigger's broom handle something like that i don't know but <laughs> i mean people obviously do share private pics that they've been sent mm. i mean it's just human to do that but i guess you just kind of have to be okay with that 
in a way yeah. because it's going to happen if you're going to share your pictures that that probably is going to happen at some point yeah but it's it, it's not going to be put on a the front page of the sun or no. <laughs> or anything like that exactly um, it's about the reach and it's about the you know i think uh, it's, it's hardly going to blow up blow up twitter if somebody's nude <laughs> gets leaked, unless you're in a really, really high profile, high profile position. I guess if it's the only fear might be if you get someone who's a bit malicious or but then if they're malicious, is it, is it because you've treated them badly? And that, you know, prevent with we're getting into revenge porn. I suppose that's slightly <laughs> different from just sharing a nude, isn't it? Revenge porn. I, I don't know if I've heard about that, but... <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's when it's when people leak uh, videos that have been made. I think it's called revenge. When uh, you know, say you've made a video, you and your partner, you break up, and then later that person releases it, so all and sundry can see the yeah. TV. And- yeah. Oh gosh, uh, I haven't even thought about that. But I think you, you shouldn't feel pressurised into showing private pics. No. But. I feel like you maybe won't get anywhere on those apps if you don't. Mm. <laughs> so <laughs> there has to come a point where you feel safe enough to do that in order to hook up with someone. Like everyone wants to see the goods beforehand. And I used to quite like it when you were picking up people in bars and then mm. you'd kind of unwrap something and it would be a surprise to see what you got. I quite like that. And I think that's something we can bring back into the online dating realm. Yeah, it, you don't have to see everything up front. It could be like, mm. well, you know, let's wait and see. Because everybody wants to yeah. know, don't they? They want to know what you want to do in bed, what your private parts look like, and yeah. and then make an assumption of how it's going to be. And it's never that assumption probably isn't correct. Exactly. So, yeah, let's... I mean, saying that, I, I do just want uh, any listeners to know that my DMs are open. <laughs> You can find me on Instagram yep. Yep. and Twitter. Yeah. I think this guy should go the other way and open an OnlyFans account and just get it all yes. out there and get paid for it. Exactly. Right? So Yeah, I mean, that's the way forward. Face your fears and embrace them. That's what I say. But mm. if you don't want to do that, then have the mystique and don't be pressurised into showing your private parts if you don't want to. Okay. Uh, shall we move on? This one is definitely for you, considering your recent career, well, the recent part of your career, and where it may move to in the future. Who knows? Um, But dear old queens, which musicals do you find are overrated and why? Dreamgirls is mine. I like the songs, but I can't stand the narrative. And Effie is too unlikable to be rootable but Dina leaves little to no impression. This would have been more fun if it brought more of the mean streak and backstabbing from the Supremes. So which musicals do you find to be overrated and why? Well, you've just come from the West End. I have come from the West End. One of the weirdest things about being in the West End is because you're doing shows all the time, you don't get to see any. So I've only actually seen... I I think I've seen less than five big musicals i don't actually i i don't know dream girls haven't seen that um have you not seen the film no oh, okay it's good it's i'd advise it here. i mean we're going to see big... we're going to see the sugar babes in a couple of weeks 
me, you and Tommy. So We are. Yeah, they're almost like the dream girls. I mean, we've all been in the sugar babes at one point, right? So We have. But we're seeing the original outfit, the original members. We're seeing the OGs. Yeah. The OGs. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. No, I've been I'm I'm I I don't actually eat I would I'm not even that big a fan of musicals. I mean I know I was in one, but when I auditioned I didn't realise I was auditioning for musicals, so it was all a bit happenstance. I've got musicals I love. I can't I'm trying to think what what I find overrated. I think Andrew Lloyd Webber's a little bit overrated. Mm. Uh, God bless Lord Webber. I hate cats. Like I lo- I kind of love to hate cats. <laughs> Did I've, you see the film? Uh, I've not seen the film, but I've actually seen like uh, I've, I've seen a provincial tour of cats at the Bristol Hippodrome, uh, and was like, why, why, why have I watched this? Um, <laughs> but I did okay. see I did like Elaine Page's portrayal originally. I saw that a filmed version of that. That was amazing, uh, and I kind of liked that original cast film. But every time I've seen it subsequently with different casts, I'm like, I don't... Why is this even a musical? (laughs) Mm. Um, It is quite bizarre how that actually came to be, isn't it? Yeah. But I think... And I think... But it is... I think at least uh, it was based off a book or something, whereas now I think most of the new musicals are all... all, Well, a bit like Only Fools and Horses was. You're all taking a film. So you've got, what, Back to the Future, the musical... You had Big the Musical, which I went to see, and I found a little problematic. Mm. Um, Definitely felt like a story still rooted of its time. And there's just something really odd about seeing a sex scene between a (laughs) 13-year-old and a man's body. (laughs) Wow. I was just sitting there thinking, at what point of development did you not think, let's let's maybe tweak this book a little bit? (laughs) The, The Phantom, I quite like Phantom. I've never seen it. Yeah, I mean, I I did a musical review called Beyond Broadway, and we had to sing some songs from Phantom, and lots of other things. Les Miserables, I that the me I think some of the songs are great, but I'm not sure I could sit through the whole musical of that because I haven't. Um, I like Oliver. I, I like My Fair Lady. Um, My Fair Lady's great. I would love to play Fagin in Oliver. That would be amazing. You'd be a great Fagin. I th- yeah, I think I quite like that. That, that's on my bucket list, to do Fagin. Okay, we can make it happen. We can make it happen. Okay. I did see the Les Mis film, yeah. and I found it was a real roller coaster of a, at certain points feeling actually engaged and touched, and at other times my skin was crawling and I, I had to grip the seat not to leave the theatre. Um, so, it, yeah, I don't think I could put myself through that again. When I saw Lion King... I went to see casting. Oh, what did you say? <laughs> Lion King. Yeah, when I saw the Lion King, so I went to see the cast change. So, like, when when they're having new people in, so you get to go and watch this show. And I was like, right. And then the guy introducing, he said, he he said, well, as you all know, so and so when so and so dies, and this, and I thought I was quite annoyed because I didn't know the story. I hadn't seen the film. I didn't know. You know, I was all he he's, he ruined what could have been a really beautiful experience for me. I did enjoy Lion I prefer Beauty and the Beast, I think. I'm go- I am going to see that at the Hippodrome. But I like the the cartoon version of it. I don't know if I want to see it in a, <laughs> a theatre setting. 
Well, see, I, I haven't seen the cartoon, but my good friend Sam Bailey is playing the teapot. Right, okay. So I'm going to go and support. Yeah, Apparently I mean, there's a teapot. I do know the teapot. Teapot is a good role, I think, to have. Yeah, okay, good. Is that a swing role, the teapot? No, I think it's like a hero role because it would have been Angela Lansbury. A tailor's oldest time. Time. <laughs> yeah. Sweeney Todd, I liked that. Angela Lansbury in Sweeney Todd is fucking amazing, I have to say. Really? Yeah, I've seen a filmed version of that. I've not seen it live, but yeah, she was brilliant. And I've seen the movie version of it as well. I have to say that I really enjoyed Grease 2. <laughs> well, Grease 2 is kind of a little... Well, it was shown as like a queer screen as part of Pride in Bristol this year. And Tommy did a little introduction was to it? it. Yeah. Mm. Do you think it's oh, quite queer? Grease 2? <laughs> Do you know, I'm going to have to go back and have to go back and watch it. I'm not, I can't say that it, I would have thought it was particularly queer, but I mean, the Michelle Pfeiffer character, she did wear a lot of leather and like riding a bike. Yeah. And the guy who was later on in Casualty, and I used to see him around Bristol when they were filming it as well, uh, the one that was in The Colbys. Uh, oh, Miles, yeah. Yeah, I always fancied him. He was cute. He was quite cute. Yeah. So that kind of makes it queer. Is it queer? Yeah. It's queer if people are cute, I think, that you fancy. Yeah, and if, I suppose if they, they flipped the they flipped the roles a bit, haven't they? Yeah, because, mm. yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer's playing the John Travolta role. Yeah. And the guy's playing the late, belated Olivia Newton-John role. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, so sad that she passed away this year. Uh, Little Shop of Horrors. I like that. That's good. Yeah. Which has a dentist I'd like in. To play the dentist. Yeah, I thought you'd like to play the dentist. Yeah, <laughs> I'd play that. I'd like to play the plant. You would be great as the plant. <laughs> Does that mean that we can get Tommy as? Um, Tommy can do the family demor. <laughs> yeah, that, what's the woman called? I, I don't know. Can't remember. But um, speaking of dentists, we have a final <laughs> Queens of Agony question. Oh um, God which is on a same role. But, but Tommy, do you have anything psychically to tell us about that last question? I don't have an opinion on this question. Okay. (laughs) Right, uh, fine. Uh, So we'll, we'll move on to the next one. So, dear old queens, where do I look when I'm at the dentist? I hate the dentist. They get too close and I never know where to look. Do I look at them? Do I close my eyes? They are blocking the walls. Where do I look? I spend the entire time nervously glancing around the entire room, which leads me on to another question. What the heck do I do with my limbs? Just sitting still for so long is awkward. And then I worry. And then I start to shake. And then I worry about shaking because I'm moving. Help the dentist. Where do you look when you when you're at the dentist? I've actually been to the dentist about four times this year because I've neglected my teeth for a long time, primarily because my previous dentist was my ex and in Barcelona. And so I've not been. What? That is wow. How do you date? Like you date a dentist and he is your actual dentist. Yeah. That that was very interesting. In the early days of being together, he um, I would be out, and then I'd just catch him looking at my mouth when I was smiling because he's obviously trying to see. And I'd, and then you know, a few months in, he was saying, "Can I look? Can I look?" Wow. And so, so he you know he was checking to see, and he was like, "Oh, you know, do you floss? You maybe should go and see this." 
So I did initially go and see his friend, Diego, instead. But Diego gave me a filling that, that came, sorry, Diego, if you're listening, that came out a week later. So then I thought, okay, well, I'll go with Domingo, uh, my ex, or my partner at the time. And, you know, that lasted for a while. And then when I, we broke up, I thought, well, he's still my dentist after seven years. So we, we were together seven years. And I went back and I complained about a slight pain in, the, in you know, one of my lower left, well, upper, upper, upper right, upper left molars. And then he said, oh, yeah, I think it's because your wisdom teeth is pressing in on it. I'm going to pull it out. Wow. So there and then tugging, tugging, pulling at this tooth, like no, no forewarning, lots of blood everywhere. And I cannot help but think that was really cathartic for him. <laughs> what, and so, then he really enjoyed it. <laughs> so was this after you split up? This was after we'd broken up. Wow. And not long after. So, and we maintained a very positive, a positive relationship together, you know, obviously, but I think he got a lot out there. But my current dentist... Um, Are you dating them? Now going, no, I'm not dating him, okay. but he is very attractive. So I recommend doing what I do, which is the whole time he's working, I am staring directly <laughs> into his eyes. <laughs> um, it's... You know, for, uh, for, at first I didn't quite realise I was doing it. And then when I did realise, I realised I'm probably making you feel just as uncomfortable as you're making me feel. Yeah. You know, he's rooting around, drilling in my mouth, and it's probably, you know, I'm giving a certain level of discomfort by just staring directly into his eyes as he does it the whole time. I also don't particularly... I like my dentist, but I don't particularly like being at the dentist. I've had the same dentist for... Wow, over 20 years now. And I rue the day that he actually retires because I don't know what I'm going to do. Mm. <laughs> uh, but I realise how nervous I am because actually when when they're in my mouth, I'm kind of gripping the the handles of the chair really tightly. And then I have mm. to catch myself and not grip the handles of the chair. Um, I actually don't know where I look. I think I look everywhere but the dentist. My dentist usually has wall, um, like modern art on his walls, which actually look like mm. teeth, which is bizarre. Um, <laughs> I did talk to him mm. about it once, and he, I said, why have you got pictures of teeth on your wall? And he was like, well, lots of people think it looks like different things, but it's interesting you think it looks like teeth. Is he yeah. also a psychoanalyst? I don't know. M- maybe. He's also quite cute, but for, <laughs> for, for an older dentist kind of guy. Although I don't think I would date a dentist. I, th- I would find that really intimidating that my boyfriend was constantly checking my teeth. Makes you feel yeah, like you're yeah, a horse or something. <laughs> I mean, I've been called a horse, but for other reasons before. Um, <laughs> it's your yeah, equine do, good I, looks. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, no, I do find, yes, uh, there was the one time when I realised I had been staring at the dentist for a very long time but the, but generally my appointments have been quite early and I'm quite late to bed so and getting so early I was just going straight out of bed getting there and I just close my eyes and I and I and I, I find that's really good close my eyes deep breath I just tend to keep my hands hands together and I sort of I, I'm, I'm not I'm not a person who meditates it feels like I, I sort of go into one of those meditative states 
Yeah. We're just letting something happen to me. I've got no control. Let's just lie back and think of England. Yeah. <laughs> As you invariably do in those similar situations. Yeah. I what I what I really hate is the hygienist. Now, who in their right mind is choosing the job of a hygienist? I don't I don't understand. Oh. It is pure torture like the scraping of the teeth and you you just feel so embarrassed because you know that they're going to have a go at you because you haven't been cleaning them properly or whatever or yeah. flossing or you know your gums are receding it's a job for a sadist <laughs> i think it is I, I and the thing is about the the hygienist is it's always different every single time so i'm never comfortable with them in my mouth yeah i did th- i did think i might go for a dentist role at some point really but then i thought better of it yeah yeah i, d- yeah, I don't know i don't think i could be in people's mouths all the time <laughs> well <laughs> <laughs> well i mean some of the time i can be but that's in a different yeah. way <laughs> yeah. t- tommy d- do you have anything to to say about this you need to be happy with what you're doing and and that's your lot really yeah anything else as you say we are not the experts at everything and i've never experienced piles i know people that have yeah i'm not sure that's relevant to this question but oh my god that's my favorite please can i have all of those ringtones i will send them to you that one is the best one as you say we are not the experts at everything and I've never experienced piles. I know people that have. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's the calibre of questions we've had in the past. (laughs) I love it. I sense sense a remix possibility with some of those. Mm. Mm. Yeah. You need to be be happy with what you're doing. And and that's your lot, really. As you say, we are not the experts. As you say, we are not the experts at everything. Is there a long letter? Is there a long letter? Kyle. All I need is a backbeat. <laughs> with that, oh. I fear we've come to the end of the podcast with a little bit of Tommy, but mainly sans Tommy. But thank you so much for stepping in. Do you have, welcome. have any words of wisdom that you want to part with our listeners with? When going abroad... To stay certain. <laughs> oh, <sorry. laughs> <My brain> is... <laughs> Any words with them? If you're going to speak on a podcast, make sure you've spoken to some another human being at least two days beforehand. <laughs> well, yeah, I can guarantee you I, that wasn't happening during lockdown for me or Tommy. <laughs> no, true. <laughs> It is, it is, this is, this is like a lockdown flashback, isn't it? It is a little bit, yeah. It's weird doing it on, on Zoom because there's such a delay, which they won't hear because I'll edit all of that out. But it, it's like, it's yeah. not as spontaneous as it could be uh, if we were in person right. or on a proper broadband connection. Or on a proper broadband. <laughs> but thank you for joining us from sunny Majorca. You're very welcome. The water in Mallorca ain't tastes like it ought to, which is why I'm drinking wine. Of course. Uh, me too. Uh, the water in Bristol don't taste like what it ought to either. Please. I've got a question for you. Okay, what? Harking back to the fact we're going to see the Sugar Babes, what is the one Sugar Babe song that's going to get you whooping on your feet? 
Oh, now you're putting me on the spot as if I can remember any of the Sugar Babe songs. <laughs> you even know who they are. <laughs> I love the Sugar Babes. Uh, what was the first? What was the first song that they had out, which was uh, amazing? Oh, Overload. Overload was great. Uh, there was one that they did with Richard X as well, which is brilliant. Which wasn't the original cast, oh, I, I believe. Oh, Freak Like Me. Freak Like Me. Yeah. Love that That's one. That's good. But Overload. Overload is the one that I really love. But I kind of love all of them. I just, I love pop. Yeah. And it and camp yeah. pop is, is great for me. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to that. And it's kind of our birthday trip out, isn't it? It is. How old will you be, Bernie? Um, 744. Great. <laughs> How old will you be? 30. <laughs> great. <laughs> well i'll drink to that <laughs> somewhere in between 30 and 744 are two truths <laughs> thank you so much for being on the show uh please say goodbye to our lovely audience Goodbye, lovely audience. If you've enjoyed this podcast, my name is Peter Baker. If you haven't, it's Tommy Marshman. (laughs) Uh, And the same goes for me. If you've enjoyed this podcast, my name is Peter Baker. And if it's not, it's Tommy Marshman. Uh, We will see you next time on What That Old Queen. You have been listening to What That Old Queen? Written and presented by Tom Marshman and Bernie Hodges. The show was produced by Bernie Hodges for Hodge Podcasting in 2022. If you have a question for the old queens, or you'd like to be a guest, or you want to sponsor a show and give us lots of money, you can email hello at thatoldqueen.com or find us on Facebook Instagram or Twitter. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.